All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, away we go. It is Barn Burner on your Wednesday. Boomer and Pinder here in our, uh, our Marta Loop Studios, Tower Chrysler Studios, sitting at his kitchen table in uh, suburban Buffalo. Where downtown Buffalo? East How Amherst. You, where are we? Where are you, uh, Rhett Warner? Yeah, nowhere near downtown Buffalo. Okay, that's for yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, it's uh, Amherst area. Is yeah. it Amherst? Williamsville, Amherst. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it quality living? Is that where the fancy people uh, live? You know, just down the street from uh, Gilbert or whatever that kid's name was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. De Simone. The Junior Sabres duo. Yeah. 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 That town must be buzzing, hey? Never mind Tage Thompson. It's the Junior Sabres third pair for the the Flames. The town is is buzzing. The town is buzzing that the the Sabres suck now. They've officially... They lost the Canuckles last night, so that's no good. The people hate the Sabres again. Uh, they're losing heart with the Bills. They're very concerned that the snow and the weather is going to lead to another loss, which will drop them to, what, 6-3? and three? So They're 6-3 and three now. 6-4. and four. Yeah. Yeah, 6-4. and four. Yeah. The Browns come to town. They're going to run the ball. They got oh, good the defense. It's yeah. going to be a snowstorm. It's going to slow down the Bills' offense. Oh, my God. Things are not good. Someone was saying a month ago to you that they need to be able to run the ball and stop the run in bad weather because it's Buffalo, and someone else took great umbrage to that. Do you recall? 
I think they can stop the run. I don't think this is last year's defense. I think what you were saying was their D sucked, and you're completely off base with that. So Okay. Running the ball certainly uh, could do a better job, although their running back had two touchdowns last week or on Sunday. So, I mean, that's not terrible. Feels like it's a lot of picks, a lot of interceptions. It's a lot of in the air. Second half, well, they, they run the ball in the in the first half, and then just decide to air it out the whole second half in any and all circumstances. Yeah. Where, like it doesn't matter if you're trying to kill the clock or anything; they're just going to throw it. Well, maybe. Then, I mean, Allen, other teams don't. Sorry, what was I going to say? Because last year, remember that game against the Patriots? Didn't Mac Jones throw the ball two or three times? Yeah, I think he had like. That's what Josh Allen should do. Just run because he's good at that. The throwing seems to be maybe not his strong suit right now. He's got a bad wing. Maybe just just have him run every down. Well, I mean, teams do the odd time pick up on other teams' tendencies. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. if if maybe you were put to put yourself into a uh, defensive coordinator's shoes, you might notice, you know, for another team, you might notice a trend that the Bills... Boy, that Allen sure throws the ball a lot, even when they don't need to. Huh? Kind of like a Pro Bowl quarterback would, right? This might be, today's show, the most that what Western and Northern New, the state of New York mm-hmm. will be referenced on a Calgary show of any in Western kind. New York. Right? More than any other, because we have a special guest coming up in studio. We'll tell you about it uh, in a little bit. But before we go any further, time sensitive on this, mm. I wanted to, because uh, we are here in the Tower Chrysler, Tower Dodge Studios. And what last week we were down there, we showed you the photos of the uh, the Army Jeep. They were raising money for the Veterans Food Bank with Remembrance, uh, Remembrance Day. Day and all of that. They uh, they handed over a check. There it is. Ooh. Quick $2,000 to the Veterans Food Bank uh, in the middle with the chapeau. That's Alan. He is the president of the Veterans Food Bank. And then Steve on the far right owns the Army Jeep. That was uh, the, you see it right there. That's who owns that thing. That was cool. So 2000 bucks to the uh, to the food bank. And they are continuing to collect food donations until the Great. end of the week. So if you are so inclined and want to help out, they need it. The, uh, the Veterans food, food Bank is in need of, uh, of food and that sort of thing. Your donations, you can go till the end of the week over to Tower and do so. Awesome. Awesome indeed. We have no Flames hockey to talk about. It was a travel day yesterday. We don't know what's going on today. Practice today at 2 Eastern. Yeah. That's 2 Sabres time. We're at noon Calgary time. Off the beach, into the rink, get a skate in. Gosh, that hurts. The, you put the gear on on the sunburn? Ah, Tampa. <laughs> Tampa, the start of a six-game trip. The... Uh, Nine nine six and one Tampa nine six and one Florida Philly's not seven six and three Pittsburgh weirdly the uh, looks like the weak spot on this trip when you when going mm. to Pittsburgh is the soft spot pack a lunch ah uh, yeah and I feel like uh, Philly's an interesting team right now too but fair enough that's there's some good hockey teams four of six I think are real good teams but for I mean if this was the Red Warner days you'd go into Pittsburgh and just kick the tar out of the of the penguins right is that Push, how that works? shove yags out of the way yeah. tell mario to settle down mm-hmm. take it easy yags ronnie francis was yeah. there stevens sure it wasn't bad uh, yeah. some guys mm-hmm. 
Well, now, what's your take for other teams? If the Flames are in a good spot because they got lots of runway left, the other teams have lots of runway left to make up ground and stuff. Like I do, I because I, what was the Penguins had lost six in a row, seven in a row as well. They had a rough so they've had their there. rough stretch as well. Yeah, it's well, and Tristan Jari had such a great breakout last year, and it's not been great this year. I just think the difference is that that division's got a lot of good hockey teams, and I don't think the Pacific does. Like, if you've got the Rangers, Hurricanes, Islanders, and Devils above you, I think that's better than what the Pacific's got to offer above the Flames, for example. And if not the Penguins, it's maybe the Capitals. They lost to Florida last night, so the Caps are 7-9-2. and two. That's the Friday noon start. Some weird starts on this uh, on this trip. What are we going to do for the Friday noon start? Get hammered. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Hammered. Can you Uber to work, please? Yeah. Okay. And then Saturday, 2 o'clock. Yeah. Hammered. Okay. Uh, this That's coming up this Saturday, Florida, 2 o'clock. Hammered. Hammered. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's doing our part. I got kid hockey later, so is it okay oh, if I get perfect. on the ice and do that? I'm sure... Do, do you know any other way? No. Would Hockey ice? Canada advise me that, or are they people we don't take advice from? Okay, we'll just leave it alone. Just stop. It's smart enough. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> let's do uh, Let's do our, because we have our guest here in studio. We'll get to him shortly. Let's get our Betway bets of the day taken care of. You, uh, now, we didn't get to them yesterday, but you said you would have had some great success if we had. Uh, great success probably overstating it. I would have gone one for two, but it was a nice bet playing plus 220 for the Torontos and the overs. Got it. Matt Murray, Casey DeSmith. That was felt like there would be some goals, and it was a Leafs win as well. But the other one was close. I had a Barkov and Kachuk goal, and Barkov hit. Kachuk settled for three assists. So one for two, but plus 220, we were in the, in the black ink. You could ever get a guy like Kachuk, hey? You could ever just get your hands on a guy like. I don't that. know how you do it. You know what? You probably have to draft him. It's probably the only well, way. Well, and if them, you're you drafting draft at five, like the Oilers probably take him at three anyway. So I don't know that he's there for it's you. Tough. What do you do? Yeah, yeah it's tough. Uh, let's go. Betway beds of the. Uh, so okay. I'll start. You start. Yep. Three uh, games tonight. Uh, speaking of the Oilers, uh, the you know the 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 draft lottery balls shine upon that organization, and I'm going to go with the draft lottery double up a Drysital and McDavid goal tonight minimum. Plus 300 against the Kings, who've not been getting great goaltending necessarily. Don't know if you caught the game. Uh, I think you did on Monday. We'll see who goes in, whether it's uh, Cal Peterson or Jonathan Quick. And then I'm also going to do some more big game hunting in one of the other two games that we haven't mentioned. That's Ottawa-Buffalo. Tage Thompson's on a heater. Six foot seven. Move him to center. That'll fix him, apparently. And Brady Kachuk, uh, he sees his brother get three assists. Well, he's got to have a good night tonight. Competitive, those Kachuk brothers. Plus 400 if they both score. We hit one of those two, we're dancing. There you go. Those are your two, my two. I've got some love for the Sabres retro. They've lost six in a row. You said the shine's off. Everybody's down. They are. They lost last night, as you mentioned. On the road, back-to-back, six straight losses. It's perfect spot. It's, is it? That's it's right where they want it. Just the way we like it. the hook there. Just the way they like it. In Ottawa to play the Senators, plus 130. Give me the money line on the Sabres. And as you mentioned, Oilers-Kings. Give me the Oilers to win money line. Leon, two or more points, plus 160. Feels like just an average night for him. It does. Two points? Yeah. Yeah. And if the Kings want to play better defense than they did two nights ago here against the Flames, might do them some good. Would hurt your bets, though. It would hurt my bets, but for their own good, it might be... uh, It would be tough for them to be as bad defensively, I, I believe. It won four in a row at home, and then they do that. Well, I believe. I don't Peterson, think they would have looked like that in the win. I think Cal has a goals against over four. Cal. So even if the chances aren't as good, maybe mm-hmm. the goaltending won't be as strong. 
Yeah, I don't see confirmation yet, but I, I don't know that yeah. either of those guys is hot right now. Are you excited for our guest today, uh, Rhett? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> I was walking through see his the face? East Amherst, the North Town. Uh, I think it's called the North Town Center now. It used to be called the Pepsi Center where we practiced. And I don't know if I sent that picture to you guys, but I sent it to Iggy, or I thought it was Iggy. It was Iggy's old number, and some random started beaking me, so I told him to go himself. Uh, anyway, I sent the picture. Conroy has been inducted into the uh, the Western New York Hockey Hall of Fame. Wow! And it, uh, I was. It's not much of a wall of fame. Kind of, it's mm. there's a picture there. It was and, like a shot. Uh, you got it, but you have to. Uh, you have to go searching. Let's just say that. It was a random thing. I was walking around, bumbling around, hung over at the rink one day, and and there he was, smiling at me. He's a smiler. He's a good smiler. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Friendly man. Tight turn here, like two minutes. Not even maybe not Less even. Less than that. Let's go. Don't go anywhere. Craig Conroy. Why are we waiting? Flames we AGM. Go now. We can go now. Can't oh, we, we can go now. If Let's we go want now. to go now, fine. We can go now. We'll I don't care. Break. Break. Let's bring him in. Get guys set up. I don't know. It's for there he is. Ah, Look at him. Is that the pride of Potsdam, New York? Potsdam. Sure Are you is. Thinning and graying? Oh, what is going on? Come on, Rhett. Seven in a row, Rhett. That's not that's not easy on me. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Daryl Sutter's not easy on anyone. <laughs> Was it easier as a player or when you, when your management? No, Get me some fucking players. Management's <laughs> easier because you can just go scout. Five Nations <laughs> yes, tournament and five tournament. Nations. You, you notice how I'm here right mm-hmm. now? Uh, so definitely easier in a management because I don't have to go down there. At I least can avoid though, the place. At least if you're a player, you could have some say in ending that streak. You're you're like, I, I can't go lace them up, Daryl. Like, what do you want me to do? I can't feed Hubert out here. Yeah, when you're watching in that puck goes over to Kopitar and you're thinking, really, are we going to give up a three goal lead with 10 minutes ago? This is not good. And then I'm like, what a save. There's way more. You get up by two goals nowadays. It doesn't feel like it's at all insurmountable. Rhett said this the other day and I saw it from uh, NHL PR. As of like four days ago, there were 20 instances this year of two goal leads in the third evaporating. And that was about the one month mark of the season. So that means twice every three nights in the NHL, someone's come back from two down in the third. And and I thought, Rhett, I was like, oh, is that anecdotal or is it real? That's nutso. Like that doesn't, that's not supposed to happen that often. Connie, have you noticed this? I mean, I agree. I mean, you look at Vancouver and us alone. You feel like, oh man, we're giving up two. They're giving up two. And there's lots, yeah, there's lots of teams that are doing it, but it's like, I just don't know why. I mean, I just can't figure it out, put my finger on it, but, you know, obviously. I'll let you finish that story, by the way. If Kopitar, if that save doesn't happen, and if Kopitar scores, are we going to give up a three? What happens when you go downstairs? Well, don't, you don't go downstairs. You just don't go downstairs. <laughs> you know, that's, I don't go downstairs after games anymore, anyways. It's just uh, easier to go to my office. And, yeah and then watch another game or wait for traffic to clear so, out. Uh, so the joy of being part of a team has been ripped from your soul because you're too scared to go downstairs. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's <laughs> own distant. Yeah. It's a distant association. I'm associated with the team. I don't want to be too close to it. But you know how it is. You know, there after a game, it's so emotional down there, and everybody's yeah. you know players, coaches, the staff. It's it's just it's almost just easier to see them the next day. You know, go down the next day, and everyone's kind of digested what happened, good or bad. But it, you know, we won both games, so I got back uh, just in time for. You know, the Saturday game, I was in Plymouth at the Five Nations, get back. So to see two wins was was great. You know, I missed some of those games on the road because I was watching games. So I didn't really get to see exactly what happened. So, uh, and and I know everyone says, oh, you go watch. No, I don't watch the, when we lose, I don't go watch the games. You do get a report from the coaches who they thought played well, what what kind of synopsis of what happened, and then... uh, so are you with the on. team a lot on the road? Because I was thinking if you're on the road, you really can't avoid them then because you're getting on the bus and then the plane. There has to be some almost nearer interaction. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of times he's fine. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's game day. Hey, Rhett, it's probably game day is the day he's the most intense. So, and Once obviously when you lose, that's he's intense. Also. Yeah, he's yeah. intense a lot, but game days are the most intense. It's the old 24 hour rule. You got to, he's, because if it's 24 hours before a game, you got to start getting ready for it. And it just goes like ramping up and up and up. It's hard to keep up with Big D in the 24 hour rule when you're playing every other day. So what, you've got about a two hour window in there between it's too (laughs) close to game day and two, right? Well, hang on. They got two days between games. You got got a one day. You can live your life this road trip. (laughs) It's, that's about you, it. Though. As you I mean, come off yeah. after a game, if as you come off after a game, if you've won, you have twenty minutes in the dressing room to enjoy it, and then get your head screwed on straight, boys. We got a game. Rhett would dance for ten minutes of that, so come we on. had a Rhett dance, a couple <laughs> songs, and then yeah, he's kind of right. Yeah, and then it's back to business. So Daryl missing the press conference after the victory over the Kings. You mentioned that lovely save from Marksman. Total coincidence, right? I mean, it was just it was probably Ryan Huska's turn. <laughs> like I, did, I don't know, I wasn't down there signing autographs. Maybe Daryl ran upstairs to sign some autographs. Yeah, I was just so happy with the win. I wasn't even worried yeah. about ah, whatever. You know that that was the most important thing. Was just think, getting the two points. I think it was last year he sent LaBarbera in, and it was clear like LaBarbera had the, the deer in the headlights. Like I just got told a moment ago, I'm talking to the media, and it was the first time Daryl didn't come out. <laughs> I, I mean, I his his pedigree you cannot question. There's two rings, obviously he's going to the Hall of Fame, but like, can you give us more context on like this is an incredibly unique and competitive driven guy like. Give us a little more on, on on what that building is or isn't like when things are going good, bad, other. It's kind of what you see. I mean, when you see his interviews, when you see his body language, his mood, his the way he is, that's the way he is in the room. You know, so it's hard it's hard to put into words. You know, and Rhett, maybe Rhett has a better way to do it. You know, he's he's all about winning. Nobody's off limits. You know, everyone's in the, which is good. You know, you don't say, okay, he's got a few favorites. No, he doesn't have a few favorites. He just expects a lot and he demands a lot. And it's, it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And it's intense. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to put in, you know, but uh, his practices are are good. They're quick. You know, you you know what you're doing when you're, when you're playing for Daryl, you know what Daryl expects. And that's one nice thing about playing for him 
you, there's not a fine line where you're thinking, I wonder if Daryl's happy with my game. No, no. You know if Daryl's happy yeah. with your game or not happy and what you need to do to get back in the good books. So it's it's, it's coaching, I guess, 101. I mean, I wouldn't coach my kids like that, but definitely, uh, you know, it's it, and he'll say it's a job. Yeah. We're not here to have fun all the time. We're here to work and, and win games. That's it. One of the things that, and you can't. No, you got to turn yourself back up there, Retro. I know you. Uh, well, they told me. I know, but it's it's just because you were you were animated and you were up. You were good, and you can come a little close. Okay. Uh, there okay. we go. There we go. Sorry, you're all good. They uh, one of the things that again, it's I, I don't know what the word I'm searching, but Daryl picks up on things that nobody else does. Right, like he'll read a room differently than you or I will, or he'll walk through it and he'll hear different things or see different things or sense different things. And he and it, it's his instincts, I think, that are hard to understand. Right, like he'll pick up on something and it might be driving him crazy, and no one else in the room would even know it was happened. Right, like little things that that he will pick up on that other guys don't even notice or see or care about. He will. I don't know what the word is, but he will bring that's part of his his whole philosophy is reading that room and having those little tendencies that he notices and sees in a practice, in a preparation, in the gym, behind the scenes where we don't we don't get to see guys. He picks up on little things that other guys don't pick up. And on you said, Rhett, going translate into you. You said that the room missed that as soon as Daryl in the, the first carnation when he went upstairs to just be the GM. When he was out of the room, that was a big aspect of what your what made your team click that was just gone. Yeah, and I, I think part of that had to do that we'd had success. He was such a big personality. But we had the 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 players and the personalities to deal with Daryl's personality. Do you know what I mean? Like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Who's telling Daryl to maybe tone it down a little times on this team? I don't know. I said well, Luch or Lewis, maybe fully. But but the group that we had back in the day, we, they laughed. They understood. They knew the buttons he was going to push. They knew the intensity, but they weren't intimidated by it. They, they could handle it, live it, and, and carry on about their business. Daryl came with, with lots of people. It's like they can't take it. It's, it's too much. So when his personality left the room, it was, it, it was missed. But, and then I also said the other problem was that Jimmy Playfair, who came in, I think originally he would be, well, he is. He's a Daryl clone. But because Daryl left, Jimmy didn't want to be like Daryl because Daryl was supposedly leaving because he was too hard on guys. So now Jimmy's trying not to be the guy he is and blah, blah, blah. It all gets screws up. And we got rid of Conroy, let him go to L.A. It was a terrible can't move. Be doing can't. That. You can't do it. Well, we changed Stupid. so much of the team. I mean, that's the one thing. When Daryl's down there, he's emotional. He's mad. He, he goes after guys. As a GM, he traded people. You know, then you can't yeah. get them yeah. back. You know, it's like I don't know what he gave up for Chris Clark. I'm always trying to figure out what did he give up for Chris Clark? Why would Chris Clark not be on the team again? Like, uh, you know, there were certain things as a GM. Why would he trade Dion for what he what? Yeah. What the heck? Like in my mind that day, I thought that was a joke when I was down in the locker room. They said Dion just got traded, and I thought what? 
why would you trade Dan? Like, yeah. okay, we're getting first round picks. We're getting, you know, and, and the guys that came back, it was just quantity, you mm-hmm. know, and you gave up quality and you get, get quantity and great guys. I mean, Jamal Mears and I were roommates in St. Louis. I mean, no problem with the, but just the things he did, the, the moves he made as a GM, as a coach, he's emotional. He doesn't like you that day, but the next day it's okay. But when he's up above, he was able to just get rid of you. <laughs> Can't untrade a guy. Yeah, right? like all of a sudden he's yeah. like, well, maybe I should have kept him. No, uh, it's too late. You know, he's gone. But well, we yeah. wondered with Jokic Tra- because trading's Jok- not the same yeah. as benching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Benching is different. Like the, that, and, and hands on, and him to be able to talk to the team and and that personality in the room works really well. That personality probably in the office, I can't imagine it being upstairs. And you know, and I, I never was with Daryl upstairs. Yeah. But I can't imagine that would be because people don't expect what he probably brings up there. You know, because I asked Mike Burke, was he similar to the way he is down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the way he yeah, was. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder how that works, you know. But it's just a different dynamics. But that's where I always thought he gets the most out of the players as a coach. That's why he went right back and had success because he pushes and – he like squeezes you every day to try to get a little bit more, a little bit more, which is which is hard. And and like Rhett said, I think we most of our coaches were like that. I had Jacques Demare, really nice guy, and won a Stanley Cup, and he he was the exception. I think that he was a players' coach for me. Everyone else, you know, Mike was the GM and coach uh, Mike Keenan of St. Louis, and he was very hard and you know similar to Daryl and you know Joel Quinville um, is different than Daryl, but a lot of the same coaching styles, but maybe in the locker room, his personality is different, you know, but they were always hard. I mean, there was not easy, you know, Mark Crawford, he could lose it with them. I mean, you see him on the bench, you know? So I think we grew up with that and we, I shouldn't say expect it, but that's kind of what we expected, you know, and we would just, Mm -hmm. we we would go have some beers and laugh it off. And did you hear what he said to me? Yeah. Did you hear what he said? Yeah. (laughs) And we thought it was funny, but I don't know. Not everyone's wired that yeah, way. Yeah, it, it, it's different. You know, guys are, are are more sensitive and they feel, you know, it's personal. And that's one thing I try to explain. It's not personal. I mean, he could say something very, you might take as personal the night before, where I would be like, wow, he crushed me. When I got home, I'd tell my wife, I'm like, whoa, you should hear what Daryl said. <laughs> but the next day I would see him. I went home and cried once. <laughs> and then the next day you walk in and nothing. He's not, you're like, oh, you're kind of the... You're a little going by him. What's he going to? Yeah, of course. You know, that wasn't very nice last night. But And then you're like, he didn't say anything. Like, he said good morning. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like he forgot he said it. And then I just was like, oh, okay. And once you kind of get that through, that's that's kind of how it works. I mean, so it's just a different type of coaching style. It's, uh, <laughs> But that's what's given him success, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you also have to have the right room because the guys have to be supportive of each other and have their each other's backs right like that's that's part of it yeah he wants to bring you know he wants it's almost like bring everybody together Uh, not against him but kind of like in a way right in a way yeah Mm -hmm. you know like we're gonna bring these guys together and uh you know and i'm gonna be hard i mean and that's where the assistant coaches are so key i mean they have to be we had a rich preston was in there and remember when he used to come in before the games with the toe blake and do the fist pump and tell jokes on the bus. Yeah. I mean, you have to have yeah. some something like that to keep it light. You know, obviously, I 
I haven't been down and see who that guy is, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Kirk Muller's played in the league, won Stanley Cups. Uh, you know, he was with Ken Hitchcock. So I'm assuming, yeah. you know, he, he can handle all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, he's always a little bit hard on the goalie coach. <laughs> so LaBarber probably, you know, it's just he's hard on goalies and goalie coaches and he expects a lot. And they're goalies, backups, goalie coaches. Yeah. So you remember there was a goalie coach nearly took a puck in practice. That's kind of a legendary story, isn't it? I didn't see that. Mm. Seem to remember something about <laughs> it. Is something Aaron Puck nearly hit a hit somebody anyway. Like we've been in studio for how long talking with Connie here, and it's like there's we haven't talked about a player. We haven't talked about like the run of play. And I think I just keep coming back to is the identity of this team not Daryl Sutter? I mean, you could talk about captains and who wears letters and all that, but if you really want to know how this team plays and what their identity is going to be if they're successful, you say the coach's name. Like he's that big of a I guess personality or philosophy. Would you agree with that, Connie? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it starts with the, you know, the coach has a, what, how he wants this team to play and what he expects. And, and then the players have to kind of fall into line, you know, and that's, uh, you know, and I thought Bob Hartley was very similar. Bob did a great job maybe with, with less talent or younger players. You know, I thought Bob was one of those guys that every day he wanted to grind out a little bit more, you know, and that's, I mean, it's hard because everybody wants the nice coach, but as soon as he's too nice and we lose, oh, it's, he's just too nice. You know? And yeah, then they know. want the hard coach, and then yeah. they want the nice coach. And, you know, there's really no perfect, you know, you try to think coaches out there that, you know, and, and we're always watching and seeing what coaches, who's having success, who's doing well, who's, what, how do they coach? I listen to all, I mean, like, I listen to all the interviews and I think, Rod Brindamore, I would like to play for this guy. You know, there's certain yeah. guys you listen to as coaches. I, I like that. I like what he's saying. Sure. I think that's fair, unfair. He's hard, but fair. And, you know, there's certain guys, and he's one that I always thought, I really like the way, you know, his his thing. And just watching him on the bench, he's he's firm. But, you know, so he always also can give a little pat in the back. Good job. Feels like he protects those guys. Yeah, it feels like he yeah. does, you know, and I think, that 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 says that means a lot because when you're a player, you know, Rhett, when you get ripped in the locker room, you get ripped everywhere, and then the media, you feel like if your guy can protect you a little bit, that's that's uh, he's got your back, you know. That's well, you want that's him nice. to have your back for sure. Yeah, exactly. You want him to have your exactly. back. Exactly. You know. You mentioned Jacques Demers, and sorry, yeah. we got. I'll get uh, Alex to back this one up. I actually saw. I I forgot about. Uh, so let's yeah, got lots of here. Let's get the volume on this one. We'll back it. Let's back, start it off uh, at the beginning again, and we'll get the volume on it. Is this uh, memory lane with Craig Conroy here? This is this my is. dream come true, Look playing for the Montreal Canadiens. Craig Conroy, twenty years old, less than a year out of Clarkson College, twenty-five goals and seventeen assists at Fredericton, and a smile that just won't quit. <laughs> Conroy, like Darby, will start between Vincent Domfus and Brian Bellows. And like Darby, he'll be expected to do the mucking. So I think if I just go in there and work hard and get, try to get them the puck, then things are going to happen. So I'm just going to go out and basically just try to work hard and get, get those guys a puck and let them do what they do best. He's a spark plug. He's got uh, a lot of spunk. He's intense. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Conroy is undaunted by the length of his tryout. If it's only three games, then it's still great to play in a, a Montreal Canadiens uniform, and I've, I, I, that could make my career. But hopefully it'll be longer, and you know, hopefully I can just come out here and 
you know, play the way I'm supposed to, and, you know, things will go well from there. And Matthew Schneider moves it up for the Canadians. Puck knocked across in front. Brashear gets it loose. Head stop. Rebound. Scores. Conroy. <laughs> Craig Conroy was there to take it. Boomer's laughing at me. No, I'm, I was just all, the Canadians found like, themselves in a nice two out there with Donald Brashear, Ed Ronan, and, Li and Lyle Odeline. <laughs> There's some meat out there. I don't know if you're on a line change or what, but that's something. So look at that. That was number one right there. Yep, number one. That That's was, awesome, right? Yeah, you know what? I mean, Montreal was my team growing up. That, that was my dream come true. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't think if I played a handful of games, I had no clue. I mean, Potsdam, New York, you know, no one's played in the NHL. So for me to be able to play for my team, the Montreal Canadiens, to score a goal, if that was it, then I was going to be happy. You know, thank God it went a little longer than that and <laughs> more things happened. But it did. did you yeah. know, that was the, that was the goal. And it is funny to hear because, China. sorry, I was just, just going to say for, to hear you at that point, because you don't know if there's a career. This could be one game and you're gone. Yeah. I, you want to enjoy every minute of it, but to hear you got a character, uh, I hope I'm sticking around. Oh, shucks, yes, I'll give it my best there. and hopefully the coach <laughs> likes me. I don't, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm betting Connie had a plan to play more than three games. Well, the plan was to play more than three, but you just did you know, you didn't know. I mean, in the minors, you're... Your six-round draft pick. I'm not a high draft pick like Rat. You know, uh, a blue-chip uh -huh. prospect. You're yeah. kind of <laughs> look at the face. Yes, you're kind of thinking, oh, okay, here we go. I mean, you're you're not and, wrong. And Montreal Rhett just was, won yeah. the cup. I mean, Montreal yeah. just won the cup. So you're going to a very oh, yeah. good team. You know that that's the, you know, for me it was fortunate to kind of be there with the new building coming in. I was there the night Patrick Waugh. I think it was minus four the night Patrick Waugh got. Yeah. Minus four outside, temperature-wise? Yeah, or minus four so Where do you remember yeah, the weather, right. Connie? Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. Yeah. Think, I think two bad changes by Vinny Damfus, and I jumped on. I didn't get two feet. Iserman, goal, breakaway. Fedorov, breakaway. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So yeah. did the Avalanche send the you a ring? My <laughs> the other two are my fault. <laughs> they should have sent me a ring, yeah. Yeah, I think Peter Hanlon might have went and looked and said, yeah, I think you were minus four, Craig. I'm like, yeah, I'm that was sure 95, was. 90. That was 95, 96. 94, 95, I think. 94, right? 95. Yeah, right in there. Or 93, 94. Yeah. 94, 95, I think. 94, 95. Six games, one goal. Yeah, it was only one goal. Yeah, I only played 13 games for Montreal. So was that to traded. tail end of the year, or you got moved right away? Okay. Yeah, it said training camp. My bad. 6, 94, 95. The following year, 95, 96. Seven games, and then off to St. Louis. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was one of those where the best thing that ever happened to me was just to be moved. I mean, I think Darcy Tucker, there was, you know, there was guys that Saku Cuevo just got in and there just wasn't going to be room for me in Montreal. So to be able to get moved with Pierre, you know, and I thought when I got traded, I thought I was going to go to Worcester. You know, mm -hmm. I was in Fredericton, so I said, oh, I'm going to go to Worcester. And they said, no, you're actually going, you're going to meet the team in Colorado and play. And I, I buried one against Patrick that night. Yes. So you mentioned Pierre. That's Pierre Turgeon, yeah. French-Canadian guy, leaving Montreal, going to St. Louis. How was that received by Habs fans? It's kind of one of their own, leaving town. It's, it's weird because when you're in, Fred, you know, being in Fredericton, I was just so excited to be part of a trade and to maybe get an opportunity. I don't even know what was going on in Montreal. Yeah. I mean, I think they were upset. You know, you lose a French Canadian. I mean, it is very important there. That's what people, 
you know, unless you've been there and lived it and seen it, how much that meant. But that's why even getting rid of Patrick, I mean, Patrick said he took his helmet that night yeah, and said, yeah. I'm going to, this is it, guys, you know, my last game. And I thought, I wonder if he's serious or, I mean, I wasn't saying much. I was just sitting there thinking, this is crazy. Like, this is, I've never seen quite like this. But, and he was gone. That's one of the more iconic moments in, obviously, Habs history, but almost, when you think hockey history, one of the greatest wow. goaltenders ever. It cha- because, yeah. Because it, it changes the course of history for hockey. Sure, it yeah. does. You got that dynasty in Colorado now. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah, they go and win cups. They're so. not winning the games <clears throat> without him. Yeah, it no was uh, Florida. We would have won. That's right. Sure. See, it all comes back yeah. to ret. Well, Inevitably, I mean, it comes back to retro. That's good. I like and it. Somehow Patrick Wall went from the east to the west, and it hurt Florida. I missed that somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I want to get this okay. in. We're going to mention it a couple of times. Sorry, right? I just uh, we have Craig here in studio in the uh, in our studios here, the Barnburner Studios, coming up on November twenty eighth. It is uh, what the fifth annual now, right? Let's talk hockey with yourself and Rob. Oh, this Kerr. thing's been going about twenty years now. Curse. I've been doing it, I think, for ten. Is that right? This is the first time in three years, though, we're going to be back live doing it in per- person. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. that's exciting for us. Let's talk hockey in support of the Prep Society, therapeutic and educational support to children with Down syndrome. 6 30 p.m. at the Dome. Tickets are available. You see the website there, prepprogram.ca. The link is uh, is there. Noah Hanifam, Nazem Kadri, Chris Tanev. How did you get these big names? You know what? They're just good guys. Is that what it is? I think yeah. once once you mention the kids Down syndrome, yeah, they're not saying no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, like you'd love to say I had to work, and you know they just said, "Oh, absolutely, I would love to do it and be a part of it." Yeah, and, you so, know, especially with Kadri coming in new, and yeah. boy, when I asked him, you know, he's still playing great, but he was off to a great start. He's the one guy, Rhett, I think. His personality and 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 Daryl seamless. You know, I think that because yeah, they're kind of similar. Yeah. Like they they go about their business, and I think he's had a great start. A lot of it because of that, because he can. Okay, no problem. I th- I forget which game it was. I think it was two maybe two games ago, and he was yipping someone hard. Like I wonder what player he's really given it to. It was the ref. Oh really? <laughs> he was laying you M- MF and the ref and everything. Wake the up like he was yeah. really giving it to him i wish we would lay off the refs a <laughs> it doesn't seem to help Connie. no it's weird, it really right? like you know what even when i played here we are daryl's not easy on the ref mm-hmm. we, as players we aren't easy we were not remember ref? i mean everyone's the poor ref goes by we're all screaming at him and then we're like why aren't we getting any calls i can't figure this you know i think it might be luch is yelling at him if i didn't see cadre yelling at him but i do think god i wish we would Maybe just lay off the refs a little but bit. But he is, back to the original point there, because <laughs> I know it was out of all the new faces and all that, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact? And you, you maybe you default to, to Huberto, but it was, there's something about Kadri and the way, like you say, it just felt like he's not going to have any issue coming in and fitting in like a, a dirty shirt, and he sure did. Yeah, I mean, I think the swagger he came with winning the cup, the way he's played, he's been on different teams. Yeah. You know, I think with Huberto... He's only been in one place. Yeah. And the one place he could have 10 goals or be minus 10. And when he walks out the rink, guess what? It's the same. It's just a guy. Here, (laughs) you know, and I always say, if you're going to play in a Canadian market, this is the market to be because everyone wants you to do well here. You're going to get a long, long leash. 
but people still care and they're going to talk about it and you're not going to be able to hide anywhere in the city. I mean, that's just the way it is, which I like. I mean, why would you want to play somewhere where they don't talk about your care? It's passionate. They want you to, and they, but they want you to do well here. And I think, I did think Huberto, it's going to be a little hard for him because expectations, you want him to do what the guy up North's doing. Those two guys probably every night. Yeah. And, and that's hard. And there's chemistry. And when we brought Bo Meester in from Florida, mm-hmm. it didn't gel. It didn't gel right away. So it takes a while to get that chemistry. And I think that's kind of what happened. But with, with Kadri, he just comes in with a swagger. You're like, whoa, this guy's really, you know, he's ready to go. Yeah, He's not feeling any pressure. He's... He's just going to go about his business. And let's be honest, he played in Toronto. He's seen that market. Yeah. He probably thinks this market's nothing. Cakewalk compared to Toronto. Yeah, this is this is easy. You know, and, he, and he's Colorado. So, you know, I think just give it a little time for the guys and, and everybody else settle in. And, and it's right. It's early. And I think the division is obviously a, a little easier. Not, I don't want to say easier, but one team kind of is running away right now in yeah. Vegas. And, and then everyone else is, is right around there. And Seattle's played well to start. Yeah. And I'm guessing he's not, I mean, we could go over the list of coaches that he's had in Florida. I'm guessing there's quite a few, probably not many cut from that Sutter cloth. Yeah. I mean, the only one I had would be Joel and Joel's different. Joel's a, a different off, but yeah. on the bench, he's in, I mean, Joel's got this, a lot of the similarities, the way they run practices, the way they expect you to play, what they want you to do. You know, there's, it's non-negotiable. Certain things are non-negotiable and that's how Joel was. But I think Joel's, he could take the foot off the gas in the room, in the, you know, at different times. Like Joel likes yeah. uh, horse racing and he loves football and he'll go to on Sundays. He's always going to the Cardinals games, you know, the Rams games when they were there, you know, so he had a lot of hobbies and, and that's the difference. You know, that's what I would say, but it's just similar coaching style. So, you note the new guys who talked a bit about Kadri expectations for Hubert O. Uyghur is another guy that comes in. What's a, you talked about the off the ice adjustment. What about an on ice adjustment? You talked about Huberto's coming from a pretty different system, albeit some similarities between the coaches. Like when Daryl came in, how different was your job or as maybe a 200 foot checking center? Was it not that different? Like, what are you expecting in terms of when these guys you think will be their best selves under Daryl? Are we there yet already? Like Caudry, obviously a great start, but the other two you're saying, okay, like still adjusting, it looks like. Well, I don't think it's the coaching. I don't think it's a system. I mean, that's, if I had to go with Joel and what Daryl want, I'm saying we're pretty close. Like it's, okay. it, it would not be the systems. What it would be is the chemistry with the players. You know, it's weird because coming here, I, did I ever thought I'd get to play with Jerome McGinley? No. Did we think we'd have any kind of kept? Not really. Mm. It, it kind of by default when Savvy got hurt yeah. in Detroit, I got to play with him and he went on a tear. And then all of a sudden you have that chemistry. You know, I never would have thought there was chemistry. And I think just to, to figure out the chemistry to get that going, that might take some time. You, you know, like I mentioned, Bomi's. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I mean, we, I thought we had maybe the best D in the league with FNUF, Regeer, you know, all the guys. And in the end, it just, we couldn't get that figure. I mean, we still made the playoffs, but it didn't work quite the way as a player. I thought it was going to work. And it just took it just took some time to kind of figure it out, you know. Even when we had Dougie here, and then we finally put him with Geo, mm-hmm. I thought that really it really took off. Then, you know, Brody and Geo, and Brody playing his offside. Brody just likes playing the right side better than the left. Yeah. Those are all the things, you know. Is Weger better on the right? Or I mean, those are all things Daryl's trying to figure out right now. And you'd love for it to be like Kadri, and he's seamless. He he can play with anybody and he's going to have success, but that's just not always the case. And I don't think it's so much the system as just the chemistry with the players. Sure. And yeah. isn't that one of the things too, with the game now, it feels like you're a bit, like you say, it's early or give it time or be patient. There's none of that. Almost none of that anymore. Where a five game losing streak feels like 20 and a seven feels like 30. Just it, every two, three days, if something is continuing, it's so great or it's so awful, right? <laughs> it's, so, it's true. And we compare to other people. It's like Pinder said, Matthew had three. Yeah, I knew he had three assists less. I, I mean, I, got, I find myself watching the yeah. guys that have left, you know, and not be overly excited with them doing really well. Like, oh, you know, and it's, it's I think that's just human nature. We, and by we, I mean Rhett, mm. we were maybe a little critical of the line combinations that we've seen that Daryl has gone to. It's, uh, we like the first seven games. The fir- yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> it and then sense. there were some, yeah. some changes in that. Again, I'm not looking for you to get into any trouble or anything like that. But, Rhett, would you say it's fair to say that it's kind of uncharacteristic of Daryl to have swapped out the lines to that degree this many times this early? It was like three different major iterations you've had, right? Yeah, I just thought the first time was the biggest one because once you make that switch, it's 
you've made it. That's kind of, you know, the coaches, they always have that opportunity to make changes on the lines and you can do it as often as you want, I guess. But the team wasn't really struggling. Huberto, they were, you know, the talk was, well, maybe he's not putting up as many points as everyone would like, but it wasn't, it wasn't impacting wins and losses. And all of a sudden, you know, you kind of, you lose that one to Edmonton and all of a sudden he changes the lines. And I was like, Whoa, like it seemed a little drastic to me. And then, and then it doesn't work out the other way. So now you got to go back and now you're mixing and mingling and guys come out, they go in. It's, it just seemed at that point to be a little, a little, well, I said it already a little bit drastic. And my concern, if we want to dig deeper into it is, is he trying to push too many buttons? I mean, a lot of the conversation we're having is about Daryl. You've got to work with him, so maybe you shouldn't say anything. But that was my take. You know, my what? take was, I hope he's not back to a spot because he can do that where he tries to to maybe do too much. You know, I mean, it's it wouldn't even be fair for me to say because you were in Buffalo. I've been, yeah, I've been gone. Also, unless you're down in the room with the coaching staff, I don't know what the conversations were in the line changes, what they're seeing in practice. And, you know, so it'd be, it, it would really be unfair for me. I think he's just trying to figure out what the best combination. Would he love to just like last year, it just felt like yeah. all those combinations worked and we just rolled with them the yeah. whole year, yeah. you know, and that's, I've played on teams like that where he, you know, in St. Louis, we had really good teams, and I, I just played with the same two guys. <laughs> the whole the lines never changed; they just were the same. And then we, you know, the next year we had some guys that left, some guys that came back, expansion, blah blah blah. And then it felt like I played with a lot of guys. You know, it didn't, it did never didn't settle down. Maybe for a you know a, a month, so we're a little bit more than a month now. But yeah, I wish I was in the meetings and could hear what Daryl's thought process was, but. You know, I, I wasn't, so, you know, you just have to go with, he's the coach, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, there's a long game too here, and, and yeah. if, if something, if you have to put someone somewhere that gets them going later, I'm sure that's a thing. One of the, I guess, silver linings is Adam Rzichka looks like a really contributing part of the top six, never mind the bottom six he couldn't even get into for the bulk <laughs> of the first 10 games. Walk us through Rosie's development, and maybe, you know, even from the draft year, it was always consistency was the one thing, but... Is something different now, or is this just a nice run, I guess, is the question we're asking. It's about opportunity. It's about getting to play. I mean, what is he going to do when he doesn't play? I mean, you said it yourself. Like, he couldn't even get in the bottom six. Now he's getting in, getting on the ice with good players. He's a big guy, can skate, has skill. You know, as for a young guy, yeah, his consistency has is, is always been an issue for us. But when he's in the American League, he dominates. You know, first-line center, uh, him and Matty Phillips and Pelche, they were, you know, anybody he kind of played with, they were unbelievable. He was one of the top scorers whenever he's down there. So you knew he had that in him. It's just he got the opportunity and he's taken advantage. It's fun for us, you know what? Yeah. Because we're excited to see, you know, instead of having to say, oh, we got to go out and find another forward, a top six forward. Well, it's nice when you can bring Internally, one along. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, and it's, it's, it's a few games, but you – you can see he's got a lot of confidence now. He's feeling good about himself. I, th I said it the other day. I thought his the last game yep. was easily his best game as a pro. And it wasn't just that he scored or that he's got four points in four games, but he was making plays. Whereas before it may just be get somebody take this puck because I don't want to turn it over and get benched and then sit upstairs again. Where he was making some plays that showed that 
that creativity, that that hockey sense was there, and now he's got maybe some confidence to make those plays. I well, thought he was really good the other night. And he turned over a couple pucks. I, don't, I mean, in, in the first game, he turned over two pucks. On any other given night, he would not have gone out again, but he did go out. So yeah. he knew, oh, I, I'm not going to get benched here. I'm going to play. I mean, that was the one thing when you're on those top six. Yeah, we made mistakes. Daryl addressed them on the bench, and but you still got to go back out and try to make up for those mistakes. And and that's what you – because if you're playing where you feel like, if I make one mistake, I'm not playing the rest of the game, you know, Rhett would tell you, you can't play like that. You just – you got to be able to – you got to be able to play, and you're, it's a game of mistakes. You want to limit them, but it, there are going to be mistakes. But for his size, skating skill, and his shot, I don't know how often you see him shoot because he doesn't shoot it, but in practice, he's got one of the best shots in the team. I mean, it's hard, accurate, and uh, he's just a big guy. Yeah. So it, it, it's fun for us to see him do well. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i rooting for him. He's worked hard. He deserves it. And hopefully, uh, knock on wood, it continues. Chatting with Craig Conroy, we're going to say it's in – place of the pinder report today sure absolutely. Uh, yeah. you know why not uh, pinder report brought to you by village honda common experience the all new redesigned 2023 honda crv at village honda your dealership for life in the northwest auto mall i wondered about you this uh this past off season because i think it was a, it was difficult for a lot of flames fans to see johnny goodrow leave town but you and johnny you guys were kind of together right at the very beginning the draft the whole thing that was Wow, the paperwork that was big too. The right? private jet to bring yeah. him in. Right? He was he would not have been a flame were it not for Craig Conroy and that mm-hmm. smile that we heard from Demers. That, that, that smile. Yeah, shucks, I'll give it my best. It just won't <laughs> quit there. It there is that personal side, and I think that it. What was it like for you to know that it was over? Yeah, that hurt. It, it, I'll be honest. You know, because you know, like Bob Hartley says, Connie, you f- fall in love with the players, and I do. You know, and I fell in love with Johnny right away, and. You know, we had a connection and, and to have them, you know, and even when I came on your show, I was, you know, when we said, are you going to get it done? And I said, yeah, we're going to get it done. I always believed we were going to get it done. Just like I believed I had moments when we went to sign them the first time that maybe it wasn't going to happen. I was freaking out a little bit then too, but in the end we got it done. I, I really thought it was going to happen. Again. I thought the legacy, the city, you know, I think his parents love it here. I mean, Guy, I was with Guy at the hotel, and uh, we were at a different hotel in Dallas. And, yeah, I just felt like it was meant to be. And, I mean, I talked about retiring jerseys and all-time yeah. leading Flames point leader over. And I go, you're not going to catch Jerome's goals, but <laughs> <laughs> you're going to catch him in points. And, you know, for me, I thought all that. And, and we have a good relationship. He might not want to sit hurt my feelings or whatever. And, you know, so yeah, it was, it was, it was tough, you know, and, and I know some people say, Oh, we're better. We're, you know, for me, it was a personal thing and we, and we were, we were friends and I thought he was, he's a special player. And he is a special player. I mean, the same with Matthew. I hate to see Matthew leave. I would have loved to have both of them back, you know, and add a few pieces around them. That would have been, you know, kind of our plan going into the draft. And then when Johnny didn't come back, and Matthew told us he wasn't going to come back. You know, it, it for me personally, it takes a low. I take it personal because I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, we treat you. I felt like I uh, anything they needed, you know. Yeah. You care about the guys. And then, uh, but I get it. I, I do get it. It's just 
hard. Do you remember the first time you watched him? Because I remember the day he was drafted. We were at the Dome, and then we got him on the air, and he had a, a pretty thick accent at that time. <laughs> he, his buddy had played in Sam and Am. Like, that was all he kind of knew about Western <laughs> Canada, that sort of thing. And it was like, how big is this guy? Not. This guy, is, what are they? What, no, are they no. what do you remember from that first, where was it? At what Was he still... USHL or what do you remember? Uh, you would have been was, special advisor to Feaster at yeah, that point? so I just came on board. So I got to watch my video. I didn't even get to see him play live. Yeah. I listened to the scouts, see what they said. Obviously, Lewis, my agent, had him. Uh. Said he's special. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, you watch him. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's unbelievable. So you could, you could see, you know, read the reports, see what people are saying. And then when we finally draft him, when he came in, for that first little development camp, we were playing a three-on-three game, and I remember saying it was Lance Boma. It was like three NA, three American League guys at the time. Bohm's wasn't a regular in the NHL, but I said, okay. I said, I get that he's small, but you need to hit him. Like, you need to finish him, and you need to be hard on this guy. I know you probably land. He goes, no, we can't hit him. I'm like, what? I'm like, no. Because I literally walked down from the top to say, okay, enough. Put know, a body like, on this it's guy. It's embarrassing yeah. right now. Yeah. This guy. And they're like, we can't do anything. And I'm like, really? I'm like, you're trying? I'm yeah. like, okay. You know, so I mean, to watch him in practice, he made a backhand sauce, spinorama, backhand sauce over three sticks for a guy on a breakaway. And I thought, that's not easy. You know, I don't know if anybody in the NHL on our NHL team could do that. That's like tangé stuff, like those kind of passes. I'm like, oh. So then to go see him play at Boston College, I remember the first games, I think he was playing against North Dakota and uh, – we had a Pierre Lamoureux was working for us, but he also was going to school in North Dakota and he was doing part-time stuff for their, you know, their team. And he kind of said, Hey, we're going to have to watch Gaudreau because he's a special player. And then like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good job. Like you're, you're just a, you know, yeah. you're a student, you're helping. You're, we don't need any advice on John. We don't, not worried about him. He dominated the first game. The next day, they're like, circled his number. We have to try to figure out how to stop this guy. It's 160-pounder. is ruining everything. But I would be begging to take him to the World Juniors. We were in Lake Placid. I'm like, guys, you know, like, well, we can't invite him to the camp. He's not. I'm like, really? You can't invite him to the... I'm like, if you get him here in the summer, special. He's special. Learn a spot. You know, and then yeah. the next year, obviously, they brought him and he led the tournament goals. They win gold. And I'm thinking, you know, he, so John's had to fight his way every step of the way. You know, nobody was just handed it to him. You know, obviously, when we got him and brought him back and he scored in his first game, those are exciting things. And that's why, I mean, it, with that, our, the, our relationship, you know, maybe it was more hoping that he would come back, uh, you know, rather than just me being for sure. It did feel like he was in knots. And it did feel like this definitely swung in the balance. This wasn't like, haha, I'll keep it as late as I can and screw the team. That's that's not any of the vibes anyone close to it is is relayed to me. And then I think like one more angle to bring in is when that happens, and then Matthew comes with the news to uh, to Brad and you guys saying, you know what, I'm not going to extend. So you, everyone starts saying, Americans will never sign here. Stop trafficking Americans. It's Fox, and now these guys and. There's Connie, an American boy, who has like made his home here, like loves the Flames, came back, works for the team. Like you got to be like, no, this is not right. You can't. This is not true, and it's a bad set of coincidences. Uh, you know what? I think it is. You know, and I I want to ask those guys. Neither of the guys played anywhere else. I want to see in five years what they say. Yeah, it, honestly, like because 
I know everybody thinks it's better other places, but until you get there, you don't know. You don't know what it's like. You don't know how well a guy like Peter Hanlon, Kelso, the staff, you know, just the way they're treated in the city. I mean, I think that's the one thing people don't understand is, you know, people say, oh, well, there's a lot of, yeah, there's pressure. But, you know, you're also treated extremely well. Where I don't see Matthew at South Beach getting any perks, you know, where he could do, he could call at any moment at any restaurant and, find a table for him they're gonna if he wants to go to a con- anything he wants to do and maybe maybe they do you know and that's what i said i'd love to find talk to matthew you know i still text matthew uh, you know and i would love to see what he says in five years you know if and maybe it's way better and i i just don't know i mean Rhett Rhett played in florida and he played in calgary uh, you know he'd be the best one to what do you think Rhett? well it's <clears throat> There's lots of differences. I think the thing is, it's what you said about uh, Huberto. You get 10 points or you lose 10 nothing. you walk out, it's the same thing, right? Like, there's no, you don't have, I loved having pressure and having the community behind you. And not that the Florida fans don't cheer for the Panthers, but it's certainly not even close to the passion that a Calgary Flames fan has. So I liked that part of it. I remember coming from, my house on Madison, I'd come over by the cemetery there over the hill and I'd say, I would say in my head, I want to do good by the city on in my truck on the way into games. I, and and I honestly would. Uh, I like that part of it. And I think most players like to have fans and, and people that maybe aren't as passionate as Daryl, perhaps, but still passionate and excited about the game of hockey, right? And have an opinion on it. So I think that the places those guys went won't offer that as much. And I, I think I, I always found it harder to play in those places. College football is way bigger than the blue jackets. It's not yeah. close. Like in Miami, you're the fourth, fifth or sixth most important team. Sorry. Like, and, and that for some guys, that's great. Connie, right? You want yeah. an anonymity? Have at her. Some guys don't like pressure. They don't want to play with pressure. Like it's weird to me because you're playing a sport. You, a little pressure is probably good. And that's where, you know, f- being American, coming back. L.A., you know what, though? I, I, not that I can say any place I played, <laughs> the fans were unbelievable. St. Louis, L.A., as much as they say, well, L.A. is not. A, no, it, it really was full all the time. But yeah. I watched the game last night, and, and I'm looking at the stands, and there's a lot of empty seats in Florida last night. You know, and I'm thinking, Matthew thrives on. Yeah the crowd people, you know, I mean, we're still booing Dowdy the other night, I think because of Matthew. <laughs> That's right. course, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, Oh, Matthew's gone. And Dowdy's probably like, seriously, these guys still, still? hate me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I think personally, I love it. Yeah. I love when you wake up in the morning and we lost and maybe I played bad. You guys call me out or, you know, that's, I'm going to do better next game. You know, I people, but people care and people are like, Oh, we're behind you. And for the majority of Calgary, like, I don't remember ever going out and having people tr- ripping me or, you know, they were like, hey, we want, the, you got to get going. The teams, we're, we're behind you 100%. And, and that's the way it, that's the way it's always been in Calgary. That's why I say, if you can play for any Canadian city, uh, I'd want to play in Calgary. It sounds like a Calgary statement that we'd something the Calgarians would say. But I do feel like it is different where yeah. people are passionate, want you to win. They go to the games, they love it. But if they see you at the mall or at the movie, they're not going to get (laughs) shit together. You know, I I just think that it's a little bit different here. 
which, and I've heard that from some of the players. I mean, you're yeah. one of them, right? That you can, you can be in a town where they care. And like you say, Red, winning matters and the city is passionate for it, but they're not going to make your life miserable if the team's losing hockey games. The only time I had it happen to me was the O'Reilly thing when I was in management. Oh, that's <laughs> and right. And literally, like, a guy was driving down in a truck. He rolled out his window. What are you and Feast are doing? Are you guys idiots? I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to be like, now that it's this late, I'm like, the way I found out, you can ask Chris Snow if he's ever on. I literally said, someone put an offer sheet in an O'Reilly. Oh, that's us. <laughs> and then I, I clicked on the email and said, Snowy. <laughs> We put an offer sheet in O'Reilly. And then we went to the game, and I remember Eric Lacroix was there. Bennington, I mean, they were just staring us down. I'm like, well, this is weird. <laughs> you know, like we, we threw the offer sheet. We're at the game, and they matched that night, so it was done. But, yeah, I actually didn't even know. And I'm thinking, I'm getting chirped. Yeah. <laughs> Walking down the street, and... I actually didn't know either. <laughs> so so yeah. was that a rock bottom moment for the organization in some ways or not? Because I know that the, the PA had interpreted it one way, but by the letter of the law, he would have come through re-entry waivers. If you had not matched, if the caller had not matched, you wouldn't even have got the player if someone claimed him, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, so we called, I guess, like, so I really wasn't, I wasn't privy to what was going on. Jay talked to, to Murray Edwards and they called the lawyers of the league and they I'm pretty sure they went through this whole process to see what the rules were. Yeah. And I think, I don't know how it worked because there was a lockout. What He was in the K and there yeah, was re-entry yeah. waivers. What that was, was weird, right? But they were saying like, because of the lockout, it was, yeah. it was, it was a weird thing. And they said, like, I think we would have fought it till the day. Yeah. We would still be fighting it if, if that was the case. But yeah, to me, they, the league kind of said, no, you can do it. And then, I forget which reporter put it out there. And I'm thinking, that is the rule yeah. normally. And Mike Burke would say, yep, that's the late, that's the normal rule. Yeah. So for people that don't know what we're talking about, they put the offer sheet in. He was, Ryan O'Reilly was playing in the K. Didn't have a contract with Colorado. Stalemate. Colorado did yeah. match it. But if they chose not to match it yeah. and the Flames were to get O'Reilly, before he could come over, he'd have to go through waivers essentially waivers. and every other team would have a chance to pick them yeah so you'd have to have, you given, have up given up four firsts four and firsts lost the player and not gotten the player yeah, yeah. And it, you probably would have got some traction i would think by fighting it but it was in terms of that you when you say rock bottom i feel like for that iteration of the team it was and it felt yeah. like because, berkey came in soon after and that was part of the like build back a little reputation maybe yeah. i'm crazy it was a steady stream of people in my world, the media world, being what's going on in Calgary? Yeah, yeah. like eyebrows raised, like what? What is going on? And there? so you're new as an assistant to the yeah. GM at this point. And it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Well, and and the thing was, it wasn't like we went, you know, we went, you know, like, and we do this with everything. I mean, you go to the league lawyers and make sure this is the way we interpret it. Yeah, are you guys seeing it the same way? And 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 Mike Burke does an unbelievable job with that. I mean, we've never had another issue, so I can't imagine we didn't get the approval. Like, yeah, this is good to go. You know, because we wouldn't have, we just don't yeah. do it like that. That's just not, you know, even when Jay was there, that's how it worked. Yeah. When, when we do it now, you know, I'm assuming when Daryl was there. Uh, that, well, it, you're talking to the agent too, right? So the agent yeah. has to interpret this as well. Oh, it's his client. Yeah, yeah, everybody. It was the lockout year that hurt. Are those games going to be, you know, what is the rule? Yeah. And, yeah. and nobody could come up with it. And, 
you know, now it all worked out great for, you know, not great for us, but it definitely worked out where they matched. It was over and we moved. Yeah. On. There was no, could have been yeah. worse. Clearly. Things always work out in the end, right? For Connie. Yeah. Like you were, well, always work out for Connie. Cause you were saying <laughs> earlier about how, uh, you know, savvy gets hurt and then whatever. And then you come in, maybe you'll get a chance to play with, with a Ginla, right? And it, wow. who knew if you and a Ginla were going to mesh because yeah. there was a time where you guys weren't necessarily best of friends. I think you were in <laughs> St. Right? Louis and boy, Jerome was just a young just Some a young butt. Bad hair. If only we had, I don't know, it was different hair. If we only had video <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to recall. Everything has video. Oh, Uh-oh. there's this one. Okay. Look at this fellow with the nice chin. Hey, did Rhett do the top shelf uh, goal celebration on the plane? He hasn't told that story on oh. this one yet. Hang on. Let's okay. see what's coming up. Let's see. Need the volume. This is, uh-oh. Uh-oh. And there they go. You end up very good for Craig, so. Very well with Chris Conroy. He beat me up when I was in St. Louis, so uh, maybe you take it easy on me now that we're buddies. <laughs> Call that the retreat. <laughs> you know, now he's got a family. He's getting a little soft. <laughs> <laughs> let's hear from Red at the beginning here. This yeah, is, we missed the other start of this. So I don't know why he wants a rematch. <laughs> is going after Conroy. So how did that one start? Do you remember? I mean, I think you probably so, remember how it ended. Yeah, uh, Savvy, <laughs> Savvy went up behind Chris Pronger and speared him like, you know, oh, yeah. speared him, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so I went over and kind of hey, hey, grabbed hey, Savvy. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then as I turned around, I was just standing there, and then Jerome said, what? He said something on the way, and I don't remember what he said. And I thought, oh, geez. So I went to grab him, and then it was full of, yeah, he was already <laughs> oh, ready. You know, he's junior. He knew how to, I'm a college guy. I don't know what I'm doing. And... <laughs> You got to play you know with a bubble. You know when you play with tough players? Like, I've always played with so many tough players. You had Brashear in the first highlight. Yeah, I had Brashear, but I had, in the minors, I had Chris Murray was on my line. I don't know if you remember Chris Murray from sure. Kamloops. Yeah. Very tough on fought my line. Him. You fought him? Very tough, Rhett. He was very yeah. tough. And I had Brashear. I had Mary Roberge, Serge Roberge. I had, I mean, that's just, and you could only have three lines and an extra forward then. Yeah. And I had all those guys on one team. Wow. Yeah, so that we had that. Then I had Kelly Chase, Tony Twist, Rudy Pocek, uh, Mike Peluso, oh, all wow. in St. Louis. Jansen was Jansen's there. No, Jansen's wasn't there then. No, he was. Hard. So when those scrums emerge, you're never scrapping. No. <laughs> There's always another guy to do the business. Yeah, you know that's what I said, and they made it look really easy. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is it's, <laughs> it's when you start getting punched. It's not even fun. Like. So I thought, oh boy, I'm not very good at this. Well, and, and in fairness, you shouldn't be fighting any of those tough guys. You shouldn't be fighting a Ginla, right? You should be <laughs> fighting point. guys that would be more in your weight class or maybe Savvy. even a little bit below. Mm. Although I think there was one time where maybe there was... Oh, is that you, right? You fought someone more... Who's finding this? Did I ever I don't know jump have, start his career or what? I sure hope we have video of that. I kept his career... Oh, look at this. Battle of Alberta, Craig. Let's hear it. Oh... That I slipped. They said he threw me down. You can see that's a slip. You can see that's a slip. Yeah, bring bring the volume. Let's let's start it again with the volume because I love Mark Lee. Mark Lee is doing the play by play. He's not doing you any favors because it was a good start for you there. You were yeah. just, you were hanging in with Sam Gagne is what we're doing, watching the the Oilers uh, here and listen to Mark yeah. Lee describe okay, the scrap here after you guys fall to the ice. I know my glasses on. So I gotta get closer. 
Oz had his stick high up in the area of the puck, and now a, a fight, and it's Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne. Wow. I mean, I just slipped. Throwing right with Conroy. And he brings the crowd to its feet. This is a, a hockey player who was demoted to the fourth line by Pat Quinn. And right off the draw, he takes on Craig Conroy and wins it by unanimous decision. Oh, is that unanimous? Oh, down. Get out of there. That's nonsense. That's maybe my favorite part of the like, whole. Unanimous. Like, Get out of here. I, I literally, my left hand slipped and that was over. Well, you landed way more than he did. That's nonsense. Well, and so, the, why so are we at center? Real he's quick, about 16 he, years old there. Is oh, that? Uh, well, you know what sure happened? He, he came to the thing and he said, hey, I need something here. I got to fight. And I said, yeah, that's no problem. I said, at this point, my, this is my, I'm 39 years old. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what do you want to do? I'm he goes, can we fight right off the draw? <laughs> and I thought, okay, no. I mean, so it's not like you're mad or anything. Yeah, you're yeah. just kind of standing there. <laughs> and, and then he goes and has a seven, I think he might have had a six or seven point game. Against LA. Yeah. Just right after that. And he's still in the, I'm watching him. I'm like, eh. yeah, he's still playing. And he was like, he was having a rough go up to that point. Well, as he said, demoted to the fourth line. Yeah, by and Pat it Quinn. jump-started him. So he, I probably should have got some money along the way there. The avalanche, Donye. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not too late. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's in C where He's in Winnipeg. He right now, Winnipeg. Right? Now, yeah. yeah, that's right. See, the other night. Yeah, Winnipeg. Good yeah. Still, see Conroy just making careers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's at center ice, but it's clearly not the beginning of the period because the ice isn't clean. Like, no. is that right after a goal? Uh, or do you remember? Yeah, I can't remember. It, it was. It might have been right after a goal actually, because okay. we went out there and he just said, "Hey, you know what? I saw him talk yeah. to someone else first, and yeah. someone said no. So he came. He goes, "Hey, I, I need something here. You, you know, I." He so goes, nice "What cutting. do you want to do?" I said, "Okay, no problem. We'll just, you know, when the puck drops." Did you ever have any of those retro where it's a your older young kid is like, "Dude, you need to help me out here. I need to do something." No, I had to do it with Chase or more than I. Nobody came and asked me because I wasn't much of a a win for guys. So <laughs> go fight Warner and beat him up it wasn't really so you would go to kelly chase and say hey i need we need to go no well he mentioned chase and the only reason i brought up chase because yes yeah. yeah, so when i was trying to come into the league chaser had been the year before uh skating with the blades in saskatoon which is where i was and so we were playing our last exhibition game and i ran him and he's like don't you take advantage of the fact that we're buddies and I'm I'll like, tune you, up. you chaser. I'm trying to make the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> so I want to do two things. Uh, and then we'll, uh, I want to give one more, a little bit more love to uh, the Let's Talk Hockey event before we go. But the first thing is it was on this date in 2003, Calgary Flames trade San Jose Sharks for Mika Kiprasov. What do you remember about, I think we, we've kind of heard Rhett, the first kind of like, oh. I might be pretty good. What do you remember about that day? Do you remember? Because what was it? Did McLennan had a broken sternum and Turek was hurt or whatever. Yeah, the, the knee injury. Yeah, yeah whatever the series situation was there. Yeah. It's like, man, bad luck. They had a good start. Turek actually looked kind of good that year. And yeah. I remember, and it was Peter Marr was on the radio, and he actually, it was Mika Siprikov. He actually, you know, it was like, well, we don't know who this guy is. Third stringer, right? Right? It's, who's this guy coming in? I had no clue. I said, Mika, Mika Kiprasov? I'm like, who? He's the third string goalie for San Jose. I'm like, well, obviously Daryl know him, and Daryl actually called Jerome and I went into the office. 
And he said, hey, we got this Mika Kiprasov, obviously with the injuries. You know, I think he's going to be a really good goalie. Oh, okay, good. You know, he goes, we had him. And then, uh, yeah, you don't think much of it. He comes in. We need a goalie. And that first practice, I was like, whoa, this, this guy's making some, you know, it's pra- I'm like, it's practice. So, yeah, he's trying really super hard, and it's practice. But then you just, as the game started, I thought, this guy, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we might be all right here, and it was it was crazy. I was, I was actually annoyed. Well, not annoyed, but somewhat disappointed that because uh, Noodles had been playing, and I was like, well, don't everyone loved Noodles, yeah. right? So you're kind of like, give him his shot that he brought in another goal. I'm like, oh, okay, but, but he had the broken really, sternum like, though. Yeah, you got that. I mean, shot. he couldn't even hardly like. Yeah. Put his hand down like yeah. noodles. I mean, What's I give Rolston? noodles credit. Yeah. yeah. I and give him credit. What was the just? I guess kind of quickly, right? Because you you have told this story to me before, at least when that the first instance during a game where you were thinking, oh, okay, something there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what my now. This is how my memory. I think it was the first game in one of the first shifts, and I think we were playing uh, Montreal, and it was a two on one on Redster. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> The Redster didn't do a lot. He didn't take away the shot or the pass. So it was a backdoor tap in for somebody and Kipper slid across and made the save. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, we got some here. I like this guy. It was those lateral ones where you're like, this guy's different. Like he could cover that backdoor, like no one else. The way Toffoli scored the other game, like on quick Kipper was getting those. Yeah. When he would come across and get that. You're like, whoa. It's crazy. And he's so far out. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see there because Kipper's got the (laughs) white mask on. So he that's gotta be right. Whatever San Jose's affiliate is, that's the gear. The first week (laughs) or so after the deal. That's you. Hey, thanks for that. Uh, I didn't take the shot or the pass on that. Next time. Appreciate you, bud. Appreciate you. I'll buy you a drink. That's exactly what he's saying. See you at Cowboys on Thursday. And you you talk about pivotal moments, man. The the franchise. Yeah. How the history would be different. And the last one, because I know and and we'll do this one. I we've talked about this one on the other on the other program, but um Getting to the end of the career, I know for you it was hard. You got to make those decisions. For Rhett, it was kind of the same way. When when Rhett had his final training camp, and you know he's he's off the team, and you guys are on the team, and you have a little team building thing. I think you guys were going out to the mountains or something, and it was all tough. It was tough not having the Rettster because the Rettster was the life of the party. He was, and you don't have the Rettster with you for the first time. What was Sad. the mood like? Because th- were you going to Banff? Is we that what Banff. it was? We thought he was coming, and we're all sitting on the bus. I'm like, "Where is Rhett? Like, he's someone said, "Hey, he's not coming." We're like, "What? He has to come. Like, it's not going to be fun without Rhett." So we're we're sitting there on the bus, and finally they said, "Hey, we can't wait any longer. We got to get going." So the bus takes off, and we get out. I, there's a husky. I forget almost, I can't remember, Brad's Creek. Where, where is it? It'd be right, probably right by the Cochrane. Yeah, right by the Cochrane. Yeah. yeah, right by the, and we're kind of cruising along, and you see like a sign, Banff or Bust, and I'm thinking, and, and this, I don't really know what's going on. They have like Daisy Dukes and like a little halter top, halter top yeah, shirt, yeah. and you don't see the face. And I'm like, look at this idiot. I'm like, who's going to, and the bus starts pulling over. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I'm like, keep going. Bamf or no, 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 no. I'm like, we can't stop this. This is a pro sports team. We're not picking up hitchhikers. We're going to get hurt here. Like Bamf or, and literally as we pull over, rep, 
puts the sign down and he's there. I'm like, okay, now we're here. We go. This is going to be a good. And the time. boys must just erupt oh, at that point. It went. People were going crazy. Like you just knew it was going to be. Yeah, I don't know if you could do that anymore, but definitely uh, no. it was a highlight of. Uh, okay, so give highlight. us the ensemble, Rhett. You put it together. Your wife dropped you off. Is that how this one goes? Yeah. Uh, it was, well, it was. It was cowboy boots and Daisy Dukes and a halter top, but I had the, the, a couple of balloons jammed oh, yeah. in there to yeah. make it look good. Yeah. And I don't know if I had a cowboy hat on or not. I don't. But I also had a cooler full of booze and I chugged a few when I stepped onto the bus. Oh, the boys would love it. It's a classic rat. It is a classic. Oh, it's one of it a kind. It is a classic. You know, rat worked hard to rat. do that. Hard. Yeah. But to I mean to your credit, I, you could have you could have been hurt and sat home, mopey, or you you turn it on. Well, I don't know. Well, if you it guys... was an option. I it it was thought I, it was considered of not just going, just staying and saying screw it, I'm done. This is it, I guess. But I remember in yeah, Chicago, we had the really Chicago series. Yep. And right before that, Reggie got hurt. Uh, Geo got hurt. So we were down defense. I remember yeah. going to Rhett saying, because Mike Keenan asked me, what, what could we do? I said, I think if we could get Rhett up this, you know, Rhett yeah. could play. You know, I remember going to Rhett. Rhett's like, you know what? I, I'll try. My shoulder's bad, but I'll try. You know, and I think the league ended up making you go to, did they make you go to New York? Yeah, they sent me to New York. Yeah. And then they didn't allow him to. <laughs> wow yeah because they're doctors now yeah. saying you yeah it was a big yeah too mess. but too he much, was gonna try I too mean, much even, weed in his bloodstream uh, no he was gonna pass try the piss test he was he was he was all in he said hey i'll play with one shoulder i'll do it like this will be the, the f- it is it is my greatest wow greatest it is one of my worst memories of hockey sitting in chicago going to a playoff game. They haven't been in the playoffs forever. The place was electric. Was it having to watch? Oh, I was, it's painful. It was awful sitting there. Awful. And that was already in Chelsea, Chelsea dagger territory, right? The beginning. Kane Taves roof coming off that place. They were just, yeah, they were puppies. You you could see it during the year, how good these young guys were. You're like, Keith, these guys are good. Yeah. (laughs) It's a, you knew it was coming, and this is just the beginning. And then, you know, we jump started them, I guess. <laughs> it's for you guys. There's another percentage you can chase, Connie. Yeah, yeah, we jump started them. November 28th, it's a Monday night, 6.30 to 9.30. It is at the Saddle Dome. It is Let's Talk Hockey, the fifth, for you and Rob Kerr, the fifth, uh, the fifth year that you've done this together. And uh, there you see the details. Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Tickets available. Prepprogram.ca. Follow that link. Get your tickets. Got a couple weeks here. And you guys just sit up on, tell some stories much like this and yeah. have some fun. Nazem Kadri, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, and yourself and Rob. Exactly. And then and I'm hoping uh, Chris Sutter is going to come and be with Rob and myself. Nice. Ask awesome. some question too. So special guest. There you go. You know, go. Chris does a great job. And Chris went to the prep program, so... You know, it's really a kind of a sure. Say, look at that. Look, look how well Chris has done. And I think yeah. uh, it's it's special to see these the kids to have the kids there and, and be a part of this is is well worth it. Prep Society therapeutic and educational support to children with Down syndrome. Obviously, as you say, close to 
a lot of people within the Flames organization and, uh, and beyond. So there's some details on the screen. Get your tickets. And we actually have some tickets to Ooh. give away. How do I mean we can we can do it tomorrow? We've got some time. Well, We've got some runway. But. I feel like people are going to want to soak in this interview. Regale us with your best uh, Connie story or memory. Maybe hit us up on social. Submit something. Is that do you like that? Sure. Angle, or does that feel like too much work? It feels like a lot of work, but uh, <laughs> I don't have any better just, idea right now. So, uh, so yeah, or <laughs> we could do it that way. I guess go uh, tag us with your, your favorite Connie highlight off YouTube. That's an easier one. Do that. Something or, fun like what, that. Yeah, that, not sure that's easier either. Um, <laughs> feels like a shot. But it's good to see you. So what? Uh, the team is in Florida, yeah. and you're trip. not. No. Jeez. So how does that work? Well, What's I, happening for you over the next two weeks? You know, I, I went to the Calgary Canucks last night. We have a lot of games now in, in town. So, uh, you know, I have I some NHL that. teams, some American League teams. I got to catch up on those. I went to the Five Nations. Yep. Uh, I'm going out to Vancouver. Going to hit the BC League this weekend. And, you know, there's just it's amazing. You forget how much travel there is when you haven't been doing it with COVID. Sure to to get back into it so it's it's been you know and the delays and the flights and it's it's a lot but it, it's been great it's so much better i think to see the players live than yeah. just on video you know the skating especially defense how do they gap up how do they do their things so for me it's it's been great and i think well you guys probably already know but it's going to be a great great draft yeah, it sounds like there's yeah. some mega studs and it's deep as well it does it, i'm excited you know yeah. what you watch players and you walk out and you thought this guy is this guy's supposed to be in the second round or third round. I'm like any other year he's in the first round. So it, it's, it's a deep draft and it, it should be, uh, you know, we got to dig in and make sure because we have our first and second this year as of right now. Yeah. Yep. So we gotta, we gotta be ready. <laughs> Imagine those BC ranks retro, like the BC J when Craig Conroy comes strolling in <laughs> like oh, Elvis. Stratton. If I bring Jerome, yeah. then it, then it goes crazy. Is that how it goes? Yeah. 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 Good to see you. You look good, buddy. Oh, thanks, Despite what Rhett says, I think your hair looks thanks, good. Thanks, Connie. Yeah, There's I'm no shame in for sure. graying or losing well, hair. Well, they're winning again. It should grow back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's what I said. I'm like, I should just maybe go with like Ryan Leslie and just shave it all off. Oh, you're not there. Come on. <laughs> not there yet. Close. All right. Good stuff, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for Appreciate having your me. time. Thanks, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, Connie. Well, there's Nation thanks. Every Day coming thanks up next on YouTube. See ya. See ya, Oilers buddies. suck. Did Retro tell you he almost came with it? <laughs>